Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? My company, getfeatured.com, will get you featured on targeted shows, will design you a custom bio page, pitch you to the host, prepare you for the shows, and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.com to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 106 of Can I Pick Your Brain I would say that one of the best books I've ever read was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It was completely life transformational and I often go back to it to sharpen the saw and always discover new golden nuggets. When I found out that there was going to be a movie based on the book, I was thrilled. And today I have the pleasure of picking the brain of one of the people featured in the upcoming film. Brandon Adams was recently listed as one of seven millennial influencers to follow in 2018 by BuzzFeed and dubbed crowdfunding expert turned media mogul. Brandon is a serial entrepreneur owning a stake in a number of businesses including the Accelerant Media Group, Live to Grind, Young Entrepreneur Convention, Arctic Stick and an ice distribution company. He's also the co-host and executive producer of Ambitious Adventures, a reality TV program focused on the compelling stories of young entrepreneurs around the country. Now, as always, I've put together a short rap to introduce my guest. Here goes. Crowdfunding king, that's part of his thing. Could you believe he started on a shoestring? Live to grind, this guy will blow your mind. His business is streamlined, average was left behind. Think and grow rich, scratch the entrepreneurial itch. Got a ditch, negative mindset, witch. And make the mental switch. Napoleon Hill, it's part of the thrill. There's no special pull, just hard work, you know the drill. But this guy also knows how to chill. He's not just one of the randoms or delusional phantoms. He's the one and only Brandon Adams. Brandon, welcome to the show. And thanks for letting me pick your brain. Woo! Wow, that was fire, man. That was baby. That was the best introduction I've got. Rapping, <laughs> I love it. You know that. You know my favorite musician of all time is Eminem. Somebody that I strive to interview in the next eight months, uh-huh. and it makes me think. Like honestly, rap has, believe it or not, rap has made me be so motivated. Every single day I listen to his music. It just pumps me up. It allows me to to go to that next level. But I love that, man. <laughs> Thanks for bringing me on. <laughs> I, I, Brandon, I really appreciate that because I, I'll tell you something. Like, I should not be rapping. Like, I'm a white Jewish boy from Israel. And I really, I, I'll be honest, every single time I do the rap, I'm my my stomach's like turning inside out. Um, and I, and I always like, I was actually, I was asking myself before I was, before we went on, I said to myself, Daniel, why the hell do you do this to yourself? Cause I always get really nervous about the rap. Like I'm not nervous about the actual interview. I've done like 106 interviews now. Uh, I'm very natural at it. And the intro is easy for me, but the rap, like that short little rap, it, it kills me. You do it me. every time. So I've done it now. This is, I think the 16th or 17th episode that I've done it. How long does it take for you to prepare it? An hour. I'm curious. An hour. Oh my god. So yeah. thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's much appreciated. <laughs> and I gotta let me. I want to start on this because this yeah. this is a good point. So your rap, you said it wasn't that good. I liked it, but you know, 
so my videographer, Herb Gonzalez, he uh, he's like my D-Rag. He's always following me around when we're filming stuff. Mm-hmm. But he his background is music management. And he's worked in different bands. And one, he, one thing he said, he said, Brandon, you know, musicians, it, it doesn't matter so much on how you good are, how good you are with your voice and your music. Mm-hmm. It matters how good you market yourself. He said, if you wanted to, which I don't think that's possible. He said, if you wanted to, <laughs> you can make it in the music industry. He said, you just got to market yourself. And I look at all these musicians. This is talk about media. Like that's what I focus on. Just creating media content and, and creating video all the time. And no matter what you do, whether you are an artist, whether you are a, let's say, maybe a plumber or an author or an entrepreneur or a crowdfunding expert, whatever you do, you need to learn how to market yourself. And at that point, if you can market yourself better than everybody else, and if you can be in front of your customers more than your competitors, then you will win. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to be the best you have to be seen by the most. And my mentor told me he sold over $10 million on an infomercial just for a cleaning product. And he said, Brandon, nobody really cared so much about the cleaning product. He said it was the magic show he put on and the brand that he he showed and the fun that he had on camera. He said it's 90% marketing, 10% product. Mm-hmm. So that right there stuck with me. And that's literally how I live my life every single day. My whole life is a reality show for the world, whether it's actually creating video content for our consumers to put on TV or it's going on TV or it's doing a Facebook Live, a Snapchat, an Insta story. You need to let the world know what you do and show your journey because when people build trust with you, they see you and they know what you can do. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they'll take you up on your offer. So. You as a rapper, if you're looking to make it big, I can help you with that. <laughs> that's so funny. So the truth is, is, is you hit the nail on the head. Like that's exactly why I'm doing it. I'm going out of my comfort zone because, you know, there's so many podcasts out there. There's so many podcast hosts doing the same kind of thing. Like you've been on what, a hundred shows now, right? Uh, roughly? Well over, yeah. Right, over a hundred shows. I've been on about 50 myself. And I could tell you like the, the amount of shows that are just cookie cut, you know, like it's the same damn thing. It's not memorable. And so when I started doing my the rap, every single guest gives me the same reaction. It's like, oh my goodness, I've never heard that before. That's that's like the first time. And you're right, like it doesn't have to be great. I don't have to be a great rapper. The point is I just have to be memorable. And I guarantee that every single guest that I've had that I've rapped for, they remember this episode. They're, even though they've been on like 100 episodes, they remember mine because of that rap. Um, so that's really cool. And I, I want to get more into that, actually. Um, but before we do, I kind of want our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So let's go back to, I guess, your childhood. Like, what was it like growing up before all the media? Well, I was trying to rap and it didn't work out. So well. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Growing up, um, you know, it's funny. I uh, <clears throat> This is uh, one component I talk about in the film, Thinking Garich Legacy. You know, I know you like the book a lot, and yes. I live my life on it. I was actually applying the principles before I even got introduced to the book when I was 21. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, so I grew up with a speech impediment. I had a lisp, but I couldn't speak very well. Are you serious? And yeah, yeah. I don't believe I it. Do you know what? Last night, this is so funny. Last night, I watched the King's speech. Have you seen that? No, but I know he had a uh, stutter, I believe. Yeah, a massive stutter. You have to watch that movie. It's so, so inspirational. 
Um, but that's crazy because I'm listening to you and you, you haven't like started or lisped <clears throat> once, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe if I have a few drinks, I might slur a little bit. But <laughs> no, but no, it's uh, I, I did. I actually had to go to speech class. I was bullied. Um, and, you know, this is kind of show what anything is possible. So I, I remember like practicing my S's because I literally couldn't say them and my shiz and like all that. I'd go to speech mm-hmm. class and people would mimic me. I remember even in like sixth grade, I had uh, a few people that would like mimic how I spoke and basically like slur the words and make fun of me. And it, it sucked. I, I remember, I mean, I hated it. And I remember telling myself one night, I said, Brandon, you know, one day you're going to be a great salesman. You're going to be great at something. And I remember just saying to myself, like, if I want to become great at sales, I have to be a great communicator. I don't want that to be the first thing people see. So what I did is I practiced in front of the mirror. I had speech class, but I myself is the one that overcame this. I practiced in front of the mirror every single night. And I said S words, I, I gave sentences. I mean, I literally like made sure my tongue was right and how I spoke. And I told myself, I do not have a speech impediment. I am a great speaker. And people would even say to me like, oh, do you have a, a lisp? I'm like, no, I don't. And I was certain in my mind that I did not have it. Mm-hmm. And well, eventually it became my reality where I didn't have a speech impediment. And now, I mean, I've been on TV where there's been a quarter million people live before. Whoa. I've gave speeches from over a thousand people in front of the crowd. I've keynote speeches sharing with Jeff Hoffman, Kevin Harrington, um, you know, Gerard Adams, all mm. these great people, and get paid to speak. And every single day I speak. I mean, that's my thing: going on podcast shows, creating a podcast show, creating video content, TV hosting my own reality TV show. Nobody would have thought. And that's one thing I share: what's possible. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. And I remember reading the book and I look back, it came down to for me to overcome the obstacle is persistence, visualization, and and just nonstop working at it, believing that I knew it was already my reality and it became my reality. So that obstacle is one obstacle I saw in my life, a, a physical disability and maybe really relate in the book for Thinking Rich with uh, Blair is uh, Napoleon's son who actually was deaf and he and actually Napoleon convinced his son that you know you can hear you will be able mm-hmm. to speak and at a young age and basically he figured out through his own abilities to basically have this device have it so he could hear again mm-hmm. and he profited from it and he actually helped other people millions of people and I just it was really cool to relate to that story but it goes show Anything is possible, but I guess a little more about my background besides overcoming a speech impediment was I grew up in a small town, Garnavillo, Iowa, hmm. town of 750 people. My dad was an entrepreneur. He got into the ice business, so like ice selling packaged ice, like bags of ice that you'd buy for a party and you put on your your drinks or mm-hmm. for beverages. So he got in that business in 86 and he ended up buying it out from the guy like a couple years later and he uh, – so that was 89, I was born, and that business is still alive. My whole life, I worked in that business. I saw my dad start a company basically from nothing, grow it up, and I saw the grind, the ups, the downs, working with the customers. So I got to see at a young age what it was like to run a business, a brick and mortar business. Mm-hmm. And I always said one day, I remember drawing in kindergarten a picture of myself and my dad in front of an ice truck, and I said, one day I'm gonna buy the ice business out. I'm gonna be an ice man. You're gonna buy it off well, him? 
yeah, buy his basically buy his company out and and run it. So, <laughs> well, fast forward after college, I actually like a year and a half later, I ended up buying the business from him. He still runs it to this day. I'm well, silent uh, partner. I, I basically uh, I'll do a call with him here at, I don't know three four times a week. Well, and, hold on, Brandon. That that's that sounds weird. Like, first of all, why would you need to buy the business off your dad? Surely you would inherit it. That's a, and B, isn't what it? The- what the fuck is that? I don't believe in that. <laughs> in, in, inherit it? I, I, you know, I, I believe for whatever you receive, it, it, the work you put in is a value. I, I would never want to ever inherit anything. Quite honestly, I have. If I don't want, I don't even like go buy a lottery ticket because I would never want to win. I don't want something that I didn't earn. And for that, like I wanted to buy the business from him and I did. And I, again, he gets paid a good amount of money every year and everybody should work for what they get. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really believe in the whole inheritance. Where does that come from though? That mindset? Cause not everyone has that. In fact, a lot of people don't have that mindset. It's, it's, it's unique. I, I believe I should earn everything that I get. And I honestly think about this. If you get something that you didn't really work for, you don't appreciate it. And you mm-hmm. look at you look at these people that inherit a bunch of money. Some people do it right, but some people inherit a bunch of money, or maybe somebody will win the lottery, they'll blow it faster than ever. Mm-hmm. And they won't even like appreciate it. When you make the money yourself, you're very I mean, you're you you penny pinch, like you make sure it, it goes back into the right ways to invest and you appreciate what you did. So the value of it is is basically what you put into it. And mm. that's why I don't want to hear it. I, I have a grandma that <laughs> she's pretty wealthy. And I, I know uh, when she dies, I'm guessing she'll probably give it to the kids. But I, I laugh. I'm like, I hope grandma donates her millions of dollars to a nonprofit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Oh, my God. Uh, but wasn't it weird for your dad to take the money from you? No, because honestly, this is how I looked. I mean, there's two other kids in the family mm-hmm. and he, that was his, like his retirement and business he built up. And I mean, there's, there's trucks and there's all kinds of other things involved with it. And, and for me, like he deserves that. Hmm. And I don't, I don't see myself selling the company out. Um, but there may come a day where I have to do some kind of deal with a, another bigger company. If I do, when I do sell out. Um, and if I do, I, I even plan on giving part of that to my father because, again, he gave me everything. And and one thing I I remember, so that was a one obstacle. I remember I bought this business out. I'm like, how, that's how something old I was, were you? I was 20, I don't know, 22, 20, 23, 23. Wow. Um, something like that. I, it's It was like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, the beginning of the year I had purchased them out. But I remember achieving that obstacle. And then some people, I remember some be like, oh, your daddy gave you the business yeah. or, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I thought to myself at that point, I knew I wanted to grow bigger. And I'm like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do other things that are from something that has nothing to do with this business. And I did companies that, well, have done more and, and have grown pretty fast. And it just goes to show, I, I always want to prove people like wrong, like, hey, I can do this. I don't need to to like, I didn't have things given to me. And yes, I had a good childhood and my parents helped me out, but they didn't like throw a bunch of money at me. Mm-hmm. And I earned what I got. And I think everybody should have the mentality. You earn what you get because that's the value of it. What you actually put into it. Love it. And you actually invented something called the Arctic stick when you were in college. 
Yeah. So from, uh, funny enough, I, uh, <laughs> well on the ice route, um, delivering one day, it was a hot day and I wanted to cool a bottle of beverage. I want to keep it colder longer. And, uh, well, uh, I, I, ice cubes are time consuming to put in and it just wasn't inconvenient. Mm-hmm. So I came up with this idea at the time is a idea for a stick of ice to put in. And then I thought, well, why don't I create something reusable that I can not only like put a liquid in, freeze and cool a drink, but also maybe transport liquids. And at that point I was going into my last year of college. I'm like, well, maybe we could smuggle alcohol into football games. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I had this idea called Arctic stick. I took it to a class project actually won the class project and then I moved forward and well, it led to me spending about three and a half years of the coming years at two, it was about 2012, the beginning of 2012 when I really started pursuing it, spent about three and a half years on this project and invested about a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. I mean, I, I literally from just uh, working extra jobs, everything I made went into this product. And I remember, I do remember actually looking to get investment from my father. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, could you loan me? I need like 20 grand. And he, say, he said, son, he's like, if you want it, you're going to figure out how to get it. I'm not going to give you the money. Wow. And, I, uh, and I'm glad he did that. So I, I, what I did is I, I went around to family and friends. This is right out of college. I raised like 10 grand in, uh, it was like <laughs> five, six weeks. And I basically was pitching with a, I had a cardboard box and like this prototype and I'm like, Hey, here's what I'm going to do. And here's what I'm going to do it. I raised the money and I made it happen. And you know, that experience showed me that again, anything's possibly set your mind to it. That's why people, I hate it when they say, well, I don't have the money or I can't like disadvantage they have or whatever. It's like bullshit. You know, I've been through your shoes. I didn't have any money and I figured ways, be creative, be an entrepreneur, offer value to people. And so I raised 10 grand and that got me rolling with things. And then from there I funded it myself. And my last leg of funding, which led me to crowdfunding was a crowdfunding campaign. I saw Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and I at that time thought I knew, oh, I, I looked at campaigns. I'm like, I could do this. Launched a campaign on Kickstarter in uh, July 3rd, 2014. I launched it and literally I knew nothing. Like I, I spent 33 days working nonstop to raise, I raised 26 grand. It was the hardest raise of my life. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there were a lot of other people out there that were failing at this. I saw a problem in the market. So what I set out to do is I wanted to become the crowdfunding expert. Nobody was proclaiming themselves as a celebrity crowdfunding expert. Mm-hmm. I saw an opportunity. So I spent the whole 2015 studying the market, traveling the country, interviewing people for my podcast show, and and just building up my brand. And I ended up writing a book on crowdfunding, Keys to the Crowd, Unlocking the Power of Crowdfunding, which led me to taking it. I went on a TV tour. Basically, every single week I was going on TV across the country. That was my way I knew to, well, well get my name out there and build up my brand. When people see you on TV, they see you as a expert. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I did that. And and what ultimately led me to one of the interviews I did was with John Lee Dumas, a monster mm-hmm. on fire. Yep. And at the end of every show, I always like find a way to help somebody or or see how we can do a business deal. Why well, I, I said, Hey, I'm, I could help you. I'm a crowdfunding guy. I could help you raise money mm-hmm. um, if you ever need it. He said, Well, I'm thinking about doing a book. Well, that <laughs> book was Freedom Journal. And five months later, we launched it um, on Kickstarter and we raised 
He was a hundred thousand dollars. It just blew my mind when this happened. We raised a hundred thousand dollars in thirty-three hours, and up raising four hundred fifty-three thousand dollars in thirty-three days. We made it the fifth largest Holy campaign cow. in history. That's crazy. Well, yeah. So that wow. That was my big like. Oh well. Now people want to come to me, and from well, there. Hold on, the wait. Let's break hit. that. Break that down, though. Why? Yeah. What makes your kick? What's what makes a Kickstarter campaign? I, I guess like kick off and go crazy like that. That's I mean, you raised now. What is it? One and a half million dollars in the past year for your clients so far. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. That's sick. So how do you do that? What's your secret sauce in a way? Yeah, I mean. So I, I mean, I wrote a whole book on this, and I call it my my fund formula, the acronym fund. Okay. F is for forethought. U is utilize marketing plan and narrative. D deliver value. Just briefly to go through that. Yeah. So forethought is your preparation. That John Lee Dumas campaign, we spent five months working on that. I mean, we created the page, the video, but more importantly, we had John promote to his audience and build up. Um, like emails, like people that are wanted to back the campaign. It helped that he had a bigger audience. But Facebook ads and getting all these people ready to back on day one. And then also we reached out to every one of his past guests. At that time, he was like 1,100 guests. Mm-hmm. And reached out to all of them and said, hey, would you support this? So basically by backing the campaign or promoting to their email list or having him go on the show. Um, so we did that. But then the other thing John and I came up with is I'm like, John, what if we did – Something like this. At the, every day, you have a guest on, and basically they endorse the book. Talk about how you set and accomplish a goal. So basically, for 33 days, we had 33 guests come on and basically talked about a time in their life when they set and accomplish a goal, which mm. is what the Freedom Journal is based on. Smart. At the end, he promoted the Freedom Journal. So it was one of the most genius campaigns we've done. So when we launched the campaign, and this is where th- forethought comes in, we spent five months to promote. To get that overnight success when we press launch, mm-hmm. we had um, he had like 18 podcast shows go live in the first couple of days. We <laughs> wow. sent to his massive email list, plus everybody else influencers they sent to their list. Mm-hmm. Um, every single day, he was promoting to his huge audience for his podcast show, and we had momentum. You know, you're supposed to hit um, 30 to 40 percent of your total funding goal in the first 48 hours to get the best chance of success. And with mm-hmm. the algorithm on crowdfunding platforms, all that attention puts you to the front of the campaign, like the Kickstarter page or Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. And for this Kickstarter campaign, it brought us to the front. Dude, the money started rolling in. We, <laughs> I mean, I looked at it, I'm just like, wow. I, I took a picture, I'm like 33 hours and we had 100 grand. We hit our funding goal in two, Two and a half hours. I remember we woke up at like 4 a.m. We were in the Pacific time because I went literally went to California to launch with him. So we launched it and like I don't know by he he like woke up, launched it, <laughs> went and took a nap. And by the time he woke up at like I don't know 6:30 a.m. seven, it was already funded. And and I even went on TV that day for him at live TV and I promoted um, the Freedom Journal in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And and then we met up and that day we did the. We actually did the 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 campaign, like the party. We did a Kickstarter party for the book mm-hmm. and met some great people. And yeah, so that was a forethought process. People don't realize you have to put in so much work ahead of time. And that's why you have a campaign that's successful. Okay, I'm gonna, if you don't so, have, let me yeah. ask you something, Brandon, because here's the thing. I'm guessing there's a lot of people listening to this going, wow, that sounds really cool. 
But that's basically because he had a huge following and therefore you were yep. able to get a lot of media attention, right? And the fact that you mentioned before, by the way, and you made it sound so easy. It's like, yeah, I wrote a book and by the way, I went on like a t TV show every other day and it was wonderful. Most people don't do that, Brandon. That's like not a normal thing. You, you, you want to know why? Why? You know why they don't do it? Why? Because they're scared. They're afraid. They're afraid that, you know, honestly, anybody can go on TV. All you have to do is craft a story that people want. TV wants a great story. You have to give it to them, and you have to be willing to go. Most people don't even ask. I mean, that's the key for everything in life. Just ask for what you want in life, and you'll get it. But, I mean, anyways, and just quickly about the audience thing. Mm -hmm. You're right. John Lee Dumas has a big audience, but for any campaign, if you don't have an audience, you got to build your audience. I drew anybody needs to build an audience. Whether you're doing a crowdfunding campaign, this is why I started my podcast show to build up an audience and write a book. Like you need to build your own audience, and honestly, you can build a million dollar company with a loyal thousand fans. Like mm -hmm. you only need a thousand. You don't even need that. Like a loyal thousand. We're talking fans that when you drop a book, they buy. When mm -hmm. you have an event. They'll travel across the country to be there. Build your own tribe. What if you don't have a story? Because I, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, if you've got a good story... Make it. <laughs> make it. Fucking make it. Like, seriously. Like, my my story isn't the best story. I mean, I got a story. It's fun. and I, I mean, yeah, it's a good story. But, like, you just got to make your story. Everybody's got hardships in life. Everybody's got things. And, again, if it's it's not the best, then go... Make some successes. You know, when you go out and do stuff, you're going to have obstacles and you're going to have many stories to tell. Like, I could tell stories all day because I've literally just taken action over the past five years and I've been through some interesting situations. I mean, when I started out, like, I was sleeping in my truck. Um, I, in 2015, I slept in my truck, like, I don't know, 50 different nights um, just to save money. Save money. I, I, I was bootstrapping and the money I could spend, like, hundred and some dollars on a hotel – I could have saved that to invest in my company, and I didn't want to waste money. I remember going and even speaking like an event one time, and and somebody was like, "What? Uh, you're an entrepreneur? Shouldn't you have a bunch of money? Why are you sleeping in a truck?" I'm like, <laughs> "Because I want to save money. I want to invest in my business." And people will laugh at me now, but what about in the future? Mm. And but no, so I I mean sleeping in my truck, going negative in my bank account, feeling like I I didn't crazy like. But I, I just – what I realized is after you see a success, you realize, okay, you're going to have the obstacles is up and down. But if you just keep going, nothing will ever beat you. And that's a big thing in thinking mm -hmm. rich. Just keep going. Just keep going and nobody can stop you. Love it. So so we said F for fund, right? So F was, was uh, full thought. Uh, yep. Yeah. U is utilized marketing plan. It goes back to the beginning. It's 90% mm -hmm. marketing, 10% yeah. product. You have to let the world know about you. And for crowdfunding, you do Facebook ads, you go on podcast shows, you um, do email marketing, you tweet, um, try to get on media, mm -hmm. all this stuff. You have to promote to the max. Don't just feel like you're going to launch a campaign, do a couple tweets, a couple shares, and you're going to get the success. No. You have to like prepare for all these people to be ready to back your campaign on day one. And by the way, family and friends are a good thing to leverage at the beginning um, for people that don't have – 
a huge audience. Mm-hmm. Have your friends and family help you get the jolt at the beginning. So, so utilize marketing plan. The next one is narrative deliver or narrative is telling a story. Mm-hmm. So the most powerful thing we have as entrepreneurs and human beings is storytelling. It's I mean, look at the Bible. It's a story that's been told for thousands of years, and it's it's stories. It's great stories, prolific stories. And you look at speakers, the best speakers, and like Jeff Hoffman, our mutual friend, Jeff mm-hmm. is the best storyteller that I know. Even when he answers questions, he tells in a story, which yeah. is amazing. And and if you, for your campaign, you do the same thing. You have to tell a story through your campaign video. You create a video that tells a story of what your product is and what you're looking to get um, and how they can help. And in your page, tell a story through your copy, compelling copy that gets people engaged and, and willing to back your campaign. So tell a great story. And then the last one is deliver value. And this goes to anything in life. You know, whatever you do, you have to offer value. And the thing is with crowdfunding campaigns, people launch a campaign, they feel like, okay, people's just gonna give me money. No. Mm. People do not just give you money. I've been a director of a nonprofit. I've raised money. I've done nonprofits. I've crowdfunded. I've done a lot of different things. People want something in return. So in your reward levels that you offer, give them something awesome. For the Freedom Journal, they got a Freedom Journal. And they got to be a part of a Facebook community. That was Mm. awesome. Um, Some people got to be on John's show. Some people got to go hang out with John. I actually had John come speak at my event. I backed mm-hmm. the ten thousand dollar level so you could come speak at my event. Um, just much out of respect and like, just offer value to somebody. And if you offer a lot of value, whether it's a cool product, a cool experience, um, just something that only they can get and they can feel like they're a part of building something bigger than, than everybody else, then they'll back your campaign. Mm-hmm. So if you follow that fun formula, the forethought, preparing ahead of time, you utilize marketing plan, marketing to the max, and narrative, telling a great story, and de deliver value with your reward levels. You'll have the best chance of success with crowdfunding. That's, I mean, that's it. And mm-hmm. honestly, that fund formula, you can apply to anything in life. That's I apply to my life every single day. Do you know what I picked up on as well, Brandon? Is that you? You said earlier. You said this earlier. You said that you found a little niche where you could be the expert, which was had to be crowdfunding, but it could be anything, right? And I feel like that's also a big piece of the puzzle of getting media attention is once you establish yourself as an expert in anything, whatever it is, you're more likely to then get picked up by the media or when you you know, reach out to the media, you can say, look, I'm the expert in this or whatever it is, right? So do you think that's a big piece of the puzzle that helped you get a lot of media attention as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to establish yourself as an expert. And the quickest ways to do this is like what I... I teach people through like program. I do accelerators, but mm-hmm. what I teach them is you got to become the influencer in your industry. And the four four main ways I know is one is writing a book or doing regular blogs. Um, next one is recording video. You mm-hmm. can like record video content, put out video content. Uh, next one is like podcasting, audio speaking, being and speak on stages. Yeah. Um, and then also you can do it through like just networking, networking with different influencers. And then also what makes you different, making you different than everybody else. So how I did it at the beginning to become that expert is the book. I mean, well, multiple things. The podcast show I knew would help. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then it was about two and a half months after the podcast show, I decided to write the book. I wrote the book, put it up. At that time, I didn't do anything about how to get bestseller. I just want to put the book up. So I put the book up. And and then I use the book. When you're an uh, author, people look at you and they're like, oh, he must be an expert. 
Yeah. So that that actually helped me get on TV. And going on TV is ultimate expert like credibility. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I just went on so much TV. Well, also another thing, sidetrack. Um, when I had people on my show, like I said, I always try to find and make a deal with them. Well, one thing I found out is people are willing to help you after they come to the show. And one of the guys I had was Lewis Foreman. He was uh, he had Inventors Digest, the magazine, mm, and yeah. I was big in the inventing world, and he saw my product Arctic Stick afterwards, like, hey, maybe we'll get you on my magazine. And uh, well, I followed up. One thing most people don't do, I followed up, and <laughs> I gave him a great story. And well, they put me on the cover of an, a national magazine, Inventors wow. Digest, which was huge credibility. Again, it yeah. built up my credibility. And another way to build your credibility up and be seen the expert is work with celebrities and influencers. When you work, when I worked with John Lee Dumas, it led to Kevin Harrington, the original Shark on Shark Tank, saw what I did with John Lee Dumas, and then he hired me. And then that ultimately led me to get the opportunity to, well, crowdfund for the Thinking to Rich film, which I added so much value. They made me the basically VP of business development and also put me in the film. Hmm. So like these opportunities. Happen. So I want to just break this down into steps for, uh, yeah. just to make it so clear for our audience here. So I think the first step is really establishing yourself as an expert in something. You've got to be passionate about it because yep. that's going to be your thing, right? For you, it was crowdfunding. But for those of you listening, it could be anything. Just find something and own it. And then the next thing you've got to do is you've got to just create a lot of media attention. And the best way you're going to do that is you got to produce. you got to just get yourself out there, get on podcast shows, write a book, right? And the more you do those types of things, the more the media are going to pick you up and the more they're going to take you seriously when you actually reach out to them, right? My question though, yeah. Brandon, right now is how do you have time to run a business? If you're doing all this media and creating and producing, how do you have time to run a business? Yeah, um, well, I, I'm still very busy. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, we have a team. You have to have a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Accelerate Media Group, Live to Grind, they're both, I mean, same people for run the company and just two different concepts. Um, I have seven people on that team. So so that um, for the ICE business, my dad and there's a couple other employees that run that. And mm-hmm. basically it's pretty, I mean, it's seamless. Um, so that, and then for the event that I put on, um, I have a team. So having a team is very important. And then also learning to do what you know and we don't know, have the expert do. So mm-hmm. I, I've been getting even better at this. When I when I want to do something myself, I'm like, dude, I don't have time. I will hand it off to somebody on my team. And I'll be like, hey, do this. And because if you try to do it all yourself, you're just not going to get anywhere. So for me, and but also for do, putting all this media content, I, I batch my work. So I'll do sometimes I'll I, not quite John Lee Dumas style where he'll do 15 interviews in a day, yeah, but I'll do like, yeah, I'll do like five um, to like eight interviews in a day, 10. And then that gets me uh, enough runway for a while. And then I have some track record and then every week I'm creating videos that keeps me ahead. But that and then for for posting and stuff mm-hmm. going out, this is how I tell people, you know, you got to eat every day, right? To survive. Yeah. And and for me, I believe you should like work out on a regular basis. Uh, for me, I work out every day. That keeps me sane. Like those yeah. are must. Well, just make social media and creating content a must in your life. When you look at it as you have to do it, just part of your living, um, you, you get it done. So for me, that's how I look at it. I'm just always creating content. It's become a habit. You know, when you do mm-hmm. something enough, it becomes a habit. And for me, creating video content has become a habit. Podcasting, um, it's a habit. Uh, I just know, like, for my Tuesday shows I do, 
I every Sunday I like to create the show like within 48 hours so I can talk about recent things in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday I recorded my show. Every Sunday I record a show whether it's on my balcony at home or wherever I'm at in the world and I talk about the most recent things. So like this Sunday I talked about I was filming in Chicago and I was going through and this is a power of like really just building success and build your brand. I'm going through the Facebook feed. I look, oh, <laughs> the top seven influential or uh, top influencers to know in 2018. I'm like, I'm curious who these millennial influencers are. I look through the page. And, oh, there's it's my you. name. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like, I knew nothing. I just saw it. Hmm. But it goes to show when you when you do something good and you work your ass off and you, you're building success and a track record, people will see you. And that mm-hmm. showed that people are watching because I didn't talk. Nobody – called me and said, hey, I want to do an article on you. I just saw it because they saw my work. They've been following me. Yeah. So if you you do, I mean, again, in the beginning, you have to like work to get this publicity. But over time, if you just do something really good, people will see it and they yeah. will write about you. They will talk about you. I really relate to that because recently I woke up in the morning and my business partner sends me a link saying, hey, dude, you're in Forbes. And I'm like, what? That's, that's <laughs> badass. Dude, man, do you know how hard it is to get into Forbes? Like, I, I've been trying to get into Forbes. Here's the funny thing, right, is that, and this is such, a, I think this is a huge lesson in life, is that sometimes you could be, like, banging on a door, but it won't, it won't break down. But then if you just sort of create other opportunities and you start producing, the door will just literally open up. And that's what happened with Forbes. Like, I've been knocking on Forbes' door, but then like in a complete roundabout way. So this is what happened. It ended up being that another podcast host was featured in Forbes. And in his um, article, he mentioned me because I was one of his most memorable guests as he's ever had on his show. And so he wrote this whole thing about Daniel Geffen. And I was like, what? That's one example. Another example is I woke up a couple of months ago. um, It just, I think it was December, 2016. And someone goes, wow, Daniel, you've just been selected as one of the top 26 business podcasts to listen to in 2017 by CIO Magazine. And I'm like, what? Where did that come from? Like, it's insane. But these things happen. Like, these things happen the more you produce. It's not luck. It's just the more you produce, the more Do you want to know what it is? What is it? It's your rapping. (laughs) <laughs> no, this is before this is before my rapping so i can't use uh, that like I say, the rapping yeah. is what does it for me man by the way talking about opportunities and and doors opening how the hell did you land the role for the thinking grow rich movie because i'm i'm seriously jealous like that that's oh, huge thank you man you know i lived it man i lived that book it, that book this is funny how things work, and this ties into everything. It's really not as hard as you may think, but a lot of people just make things complicated. So yeah. for me, I read the book when I was 21. I'm 27 now. I turned 28 on New Year's Eve, and I, ever since I read the book, wait, did you just say way, New Year's Eve? It's my birthday. What date? What date is your birthday? December 31st. Hell no. Do you know when my birthday is? Is it New Year's Eve? First of January, baby. Four in the oh, morning. What? Yeah. In the morning. We, <laughs> Four in the we morning. Hours apart. Hours, hours apart. I was born in the afternoon of the thirty first. Nice man. First is it's definitely cooler. The first yeah. of January, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely crazy. But no, I uh so I, I read the book, and by the way, if you haven't read the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, you have to read it. it like yeah. it's a must for anybody that even works with our company. So read the book. <clears throat> what I got of it is 
whatever your mind conceives and believes your mind achieves, whatever you think about the most, what you become, anything's possible. You just have to keep going. And I, I looked at, at the time when I read, I was in my college, I wasn't doing good in grades and I didn't really know exactly where I was going. But I, uh, I saw Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, Andrew Carnegie, all these people. I was no different than them. They, they didn't like have a bunch of money growing up. Like Thomas Edison, he, he didn't have a bunch of money growing up. But what he, what they did is they had a goal and they didn't work. They didn't stop working until they achieved it. Yeah. And they, they basically applied the principles. So I thought, well, if I apply these principles and I work hard and I have a burning desire and believe in what I do, I can achieve it. So I just had that mentality and I knew I could do something big. And well, fast forward, I started seeing success. And then w- one day, it was like two years ago, hmm. I said, I said, one day I'm going to be in the back of that book because my mentor, Cactus Jack Berenger, is on the back of the one of the Think and Grow Rich editions. And, and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one time be in the back of that book. And mm-hmm. I, I said that, and I preached Think and Grow Rich wherever I went and talked about it on shows. And, well, I one day did a Facebook Live in my backyard in Iowa, and I just got done. I actually had, did an ice route. And I basically was on a rant on a Facebook Live, and I was preaching, thinking to Rich hardcore. <laughs> and I, uh, one of the guys watching, you never know who's watching. Yeah, this guy by the name of Joel Franco. He's uh, one of the producers of Thinking to Rich. And anyways, we, uh, he's like, hey, we need to talk. We talked. We got on the phone. He's like, dude, you know, I feel like I've known you for a long time, and we haven't even met. He said, I've been watching your stuff. And um, he's like, you would be perfect for this film. Like you, you're the younger guy. You live this, everything else. So I'm like, wow, that that was one of the most moments when I had that phone call. I'm like, this is like a life, like goal happening. Yeah. And he said, by the way, we're looking to do a crowdfunding campaign. And I'm like, well, what do you know? They obviously knew I had raised a lot of money with JLD. I'm like, uh, well, I can help you do that. So we we launched a campaign in that fall and we just we leveraged all the influencers like we got them to promote to their audience, their email list, everything. And we raised it was three hundred and sixty five thousand dollars in a couple wow. of months. We we made it the so for a docudrama, we made it the largest docudrama in history in any wow. crowdfunding campaign in history. So that was cool. Um, and we. Uh, we also, from that campaign, allowed us to raise more investment dollars for the because we were doing a one point like three million raise. So we actually raised another, I think, quarter million from the campaign itself. And like I was just adding value. Like I was like, dude, this is my mission. I'll do whatever it takes for this. Mm-hmm. And they made me. It was cool because there's Napoleon Hill Day in Wise, Virginia, <laughs> and I'd actually I got there. I had a fight to get there. I didn't think I was going to make it because the a few days prior. I was filming with JLD for the Mastery Journal in Puerto Rico. So we flew to Puerto Rico and we filmed with JLD. And I'm like, how am I going to make this? I didn't know how. And I, so my flight, I got into Puerto Rico on a Friday night. We filmed all day Saturday. And then Sunday we flew out at like 3 a.m. And what I did, the only way I was going to be able to make it to this event, because it was on a, it was on a Sunday night, what mm-hmm. I did is I flew from Puerto Rico to Miami, then Miami to Charlotte. Charlotte, I got off the plane, skipped my flight back home, got in a rental car, drove drove four hours in the middle of nowhere to Wise, Virginia, made it to this event, and there was Don Green of the No Point of Foundation. There was J.B. Hill, all these people. So I, I, they announced 
um, they announced um, that uh, they're like, well, we have the Thinking Rich team here. They mentioned the names, and they said we got Brandon Adams, the 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 VP or the the actually the the financial advisor for Thinking Rich Legacy. Oh my god! And I'm like, I I didn't know that. I'm like, whoa! I'm like, dude, did that just happen? And I'm in front of these billionaires and stuff. And then wait, it gets better. So we sit down on a table. And we're eating dinner, and there's all these people. I'm like, who is this guy next to me? Like, <laughs> he's talking, and Joel, he's next to me. He's like, dude, that's Napoleon Hill's grandson. Nah. It's J.B. Hill. I'm like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, this is crazy how this stuff works. If you really set your mind on something to work hard, you can get it. So uh-huh. I'm sitting on this table. I got a picture, by the way. It's so cool. And J.B. Hill was telling stories of Napoleon Hill. Like stories that most people know, just talking about this one instance where he had this bridge built and the things he did to get the bridge built. And also talking about obviously outwitting the devil and how. Oh my God. Outwitting the devil is honestly oh, one. Oh my goodness. One of my so favorite good. books. You got to listen to the audio because it, with the devil voice, like how they do it. How's it it's sound? So, it's, <laughs> you know, it, I love it. Like I love that book. Anyway, so just told us. Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that uh, that was cool and and then i got to be on set for for uh i mean beyond being like interviewed for the the film which hopefully our trailer comes out in a week um but uh beyond being in the film i got to witness interviews with different people in the film so like um jim stovel i was on set for that i witnessed mm-hmm. uh napoleon's grandson on set um i was on set for a couple of the scenes in the desert because we do reenactments like I was there for JLDs, for Joel Browns. I got to experience a lot of this film. So I, I became a part of the team for creating this. And it's cool to see. I, I would have never guessed it, but now we're we're about to launch our work on October fourteenth. Hmm. The premiere's happening in downtown LA. And we have all the influencers we have Rob Deerdeck, Lewis Howes, Bob Proctor, Grant Cardone, um, all of them. I mean, it's so cool to say I'm in a film with these guys. I'm the youngest guy in the film. And it's just crazy to to see what's possible if you set your mind to it and if you work hard and if you just put yourself out there. And if you do and you really know what you want in life, you can achieve anything. What would you say then, Brandon, to the people – some some people might be listening to this who have read Napoleon Hill's book and they've read a lot of other books and they've got inspired and, you know, but they haven't – Nothing happened. You know, like they – they got inspired and they, they believe, but it just didn't happen. Like they went to Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins gave them yeah. a kick up the ass. And then the next day they fell back into bed. Like, come on, what, like what, what stops people from actually taking action? What is it? <laughs> you know, that's funny because uh, JB Hill and I were joking and uh, <laughs> he's like, people always ask me, what's the secret? What's the secret? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I'm not seeing the results. Yeah. Like, you got to go do something. <laughs> you can't just read the book and go eat a sandwich. <laughs> okay. Like, you got to do something. And the, mm-hmm. what it is, is just taking massive action. Like, you yeah. have to do things out of your comfort zone, take action, and always do things that scare you. And I, I always keep that. I'm always doing things that scare me. And that makes me grow. Mm-hmm. And when you have that habit, you, you get these opportunities. Again, along the way, there are a lot of things I did that I was 
sometimes I thought, I don't know if I could do this or what it would look like, but I just did it. And I'm like, I'll figure it out along the way. And I did. So do things that scare you and act. And applying the principles again, like visualize your success, write down your goals, do affirmations, mm-hmm. work hard, surround yourself with the right kind of people, your mastermind group. You are mm-hmm. the average of the five people you hang out with. And we talked about before, like uh, the people I, I hang out with, I mean, I'm friends with JLD, uh, Kevin Harrington, and we, we work on some cool projects. Jeff Hoffman's an advisor, self-made billionaire advisor for the film we're doing next year. Like I just surround myself with people that have done things way bigger than me and I I attract to them and I literally become that average. So hang around with the right people and and act, be ambitious, do something. Don't just sit around, you have to act on it. Like you can read this, you need inspiration, you need motivation. I, everybody does, every day I do, like I'll, I'll listen to Eminem rap or I'll yeah. watch music videos or I'll like read a book. I read Thinking Rich about every day. Like I do this stuff that gives me some some knowledge, but some inspiration, motivation, and then I go do it. So but you're a being producer. Surrounded by, I'm a producer, man. That's I produce. It. I get shit done. I don't yeah. I just do it. Like some people talk, I walk. Like I literally it. do it. So I'm actually I, writing I, I I'm actually it. writing the book. I'm actually writing the book called The Self Help Addict. And that's going to be basically how to go from consumer to producer. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely, uh, you'll, you'll get a mention in the book. Um, by the way, you have a huge goal, right? Your goal is becoming a billionaire by the age of 40 and uh, impacting a billion people. Is that still your goal? It is. It is. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, uh, so my original goal was to impact a billion lives by the time I turned 40 and become a billionaire by 40. And, I had somebody, um, a guy who came on my show, he challenged me. And this guy's pretty cool. He's like, he's coached Mike Tyson. He's been on the island with Richard Branson, all these cool things. And hmm. he's like, Brandon, when you cut your goal in half or basically do it even more, big things happen. So what I did is I changed the goal of impacting a billion lives um, until 29. I put it to 2019, which is like not far away. So what it does for me is it makes me in every decision I make, I think about how can I impact a billion lives. You think about it. I mean, that's a lot of people. And the yeah, best how way do you, I know how do you track do it, that even? That, yeah. So it's yeah. So what I consider impact is hard to like physically track it all. Yeah. But what I I consider impact, and again, maybe it's just the wording that allows me to think I have to do things at a high level because a billion is a lot bigger than a million or a hundred million. So mm-hmm. for me. I plan to impact those lives through inspiration, motivation, education, through the power of speaking, podcasting, online education, masterminds, events, and my TV show. And most importantly, through video. Because with the films we're doing next year, with heck, with the film alone for Thinking of Rich Legacy, I guarantee you, over the next few years, across this world, a one billion people will watch that film. Really? That film. That that film, I mean, we're going to be in different languages, everything. That film, I'm in it, and I'm one component in there. If they can see that, they can just one thing that I say that inspire them. So that, but also from the films we create. Next year, we're filming a whole reality TV show, traveling the country. Every single day, I'm filming. I, If I can put video out there and be associated with these influencers, what I can do is eventually – they can help me share. They can put it out there, and we can impact a billion lives. You know, even if it doesn't, like, I don't have much time to achieve it. But the thing is, when you have that mindset of big goals, if you fall short, you still got a big goal that you hit. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And for the billionaire by 40, very, very doable. I mean, I, I got 13, really? actually 12 years and, and four months to do it. But it's very doable. And how I'm planning on doing it, you know, Tony Robbins says most people underestimate what you can do in 10 years. They try to do something in one or two years, but yeah. 10 years. So my strategy for doing that and, and my pathway to get to there is for one, I'm already surrounding myself with the right people. Two, I'm working to be the most influential entrepreneur in my time and doing that through video because as I build up my brand, my celebrity status, people follow that. And if you have a loyal following, you can grow faster. Mm-hmm. So the more I can build up my brand through our TV show, through our magazine, through my podcast show, through the films that we do, I build it up. And along the way, I'm making more money, which I can reinvest. And then the goal to actually get there, my goal is in four to five years, I want to create a um, a fund. I want to get all my wealthy friends together and put together a huge fund and go invest in different businesses and entrepreneurs across the country. And mm-hmm. that right there, where the money works for me, is how I can get to a billion. And all I know is I want to get enough money by 35 where I can buy a jet because I am tired <laughs> of going to airports. Like airports consume <laughs> time. I need a jet. I need a jet. But oh my that's goodness. my goal. And again, like I, I set huge Wait, you goals. you need the, a jet or you want a jet? Come on, let's I be honest. I fucking want it, man. You I want, want the jet. It. <laughs> I want it. But it saves time. But no, I seriously, it's a big goal and some people laugh like, oh, this kid's crazy. You know what? Yeah. I would much rather think bigger than think less. And mm-hmm. to, as Grant Cardone says, 10x. So yeah. And one thing that he, he said in his book, he's like, I wish I would have thought bigger. And here's me thinking bigger. A billion's bigger than a million or a hundred million. Why not think bigger? Love it. By the way, you just got close to uh, uh, impacting a billion uh, people. You just got a little bit closer just now because all the people listening to this now know who you are, Brandon. So how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Yeah. Um, Google me. No. Google uh, me. Google, Google me. me. <laughs> Google. Do you know what? I actually did Google you, Brandon Adams, and you were on like page two because some other guy took over your, uh, your name. So you know why I use a T? Yeah, the T because of that. Brandon T. Adams. Yeah. Because with Brandon Adams, you find a actor that was mm. in Children Under the Stairs, and oh, you God. see a famous poker player. Um, really? So that's why I transition. I do Brandon T. Adams, and when you say your full name, um, people are more likely to remember you. So Brandon T. Adams. If you search Brandon T. Adams, I'm like 10 pages in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but no, that's uh, the reason. If people don't find me, um, you can find out where our show is, podcasts, and everything we're doing at livetogrind.com. So I live to grind every single day. That's my brand. That's my name. That's who I am. So livetogrind.com. Or you can just find me um, simply on Facebook, Brandon T. Adams. Brandon Tiams on Facebook. Okay, cool. Guys, so for those of you uh, listening, head over to danielgeffen.com forward slash 106 for all the links that will be in the show notes for any of the or any of the resources that we mentioned in the show. And please, please subscribe to my show because, uh, the, you know, if you subscribe, I get ranked higher on iTunes and that means more people can listen to the show. Brandon, thank you so much again today for letting me pick your brain. And thank you to all my fellow brain pickers I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.